0: Welcome to Multiverse O'Q, your guide of the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week, we're talking about... Heroes Reborn. Part one of our two or three part series. I mean, we cover the first six issues of all the books this week. We can probably tackle the next six issues of all them next week. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of wrap-up stuff with Counter-Earth, so... We'll we'll suss that out, or at least cover the uh, exiles after. Yeah, I think it was last year during that uh, Amazon digital comic sales. Like, oh, you know, we're eventually going to need to cover Heroes Reborn for exiles. I'll buy all the collections on Amazon.
1: Yeah,
0: and I did. And then we had to read them, and like Heroes Reborn has a reputation for being very very bad, and. I mean, Will Sportacio, I think even more than Rob Liefeld, like, those two dudes are probably the biggest low points of the series, and they're only on for, like, four to six issues. It wasn't
1: as bad as I was expecting.
0: No. Like, this has a reputation for being atrociously bad, like one of the low points in comics, and I mean, from a standpoint of... They took, well, for those of you who are unfamiliar with what Heroes Reborn is, uh, Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, and some other guys went on to found their own company, Image, and then they sort of split off and became Wildstorm. And Marvel, realizing that, oh yeah, these guys were really big draws for our books, was like, oh, uh, yeah, let's bring you back on. We've got this event coming up with uh, Onslaught. And we'll be able to use this as a relaunch point. And so they gave four of their books to people who had essentially stabbed Marvel in the back, which had a lot of animosity.
1: Yes. I was reading about some of the history of Heroes Reborn. I'm, like, very confused now on what Heroes Reborn was supposed to be. Because I kept reading there was supposed to be, like, a reboot of sorts, and that people didn't like it, so then they went back on it. But then only, like, half the books actually went into Heroes Reborn status.
0: Yeah, because... They couldn't send in mutants to face down Onslaught, except Scarlet Witch is there.
1: Yeah, but she's is still weird. technically a mutant then. But she's an yeah. Avenger.
0: Though I'm not sure if she was actually caught up in the blast, because it was sort of. There's a lot of weird stuff that, like, you have seeds planted for, and then the entire team gets. Or, like, almost all the teams get shifted off after the sixth issues of the books. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the stuff doesn't get picked up. But uh, Rob Liefeld, the famous The Rob, uh, took over Captain America and The Avengers, and then Jim Lee took over Fantastic Four and Iron Man. And, like, Captain America is sort of infamous, and The Avengers is sort of infamous because there's, like, the long, leggy uh, Enchantress pick. But none of the stuff here was, like... It wasn't that famous Captain America, Rob Liefeld pick. Yeah. And, I mean, I understand why people like Rob Liefeld's art. I've already got the images put together for the uh, image gallery here. And it's like, no, this is, like, getting across what it needs. It's, like, telling the story visually. It doesn't look super pretty, and it's not really well designed. But A lot of the art if you in want this something... books don't look good. But if you wanted, like, high action and, uh, like, explosions and simple-to-follow stories, you get that. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it fits what the audience was wanting, or at least what they thought the audience wanted. And uh, so first we're tackling Captain America's number one through five, because there is not a really good reading order for this. I tried to find one online. Yeah. I tried to find one online, like, I've used them in the past for, like, Age of Apocalypse or some of the other big events, and here it was just, like, Captain America 1 through 6, Avengers 1 through 6, uh, Fantastic Four 1 through 6, Iron Man 1 through 6, and it's like, no. So, like, the first time I read them, I did one issue of each in Captain America, Avengers, uh, Fantastic Four, and, uh... Iron Man. Shoot. Yeah, Iron Man. And... Like, that was an okay reading order, but... Like, the first five issues of Captain America lead to him sort of joining the Avengers, and then the last one was like, oh, Rob found out that he's being taken off the book, let's... let him do what he wants, but it also weirdly has a tacked-on, like, three-page conclusion to a tie that had all the other books in it in their sixth issues, so... hmm I'll be putting... That reading order online is a separate page. That way, we get that sweet, sweet SEO. Well,
1: then, I actually did the opposite. Since then, I read... I tried doing it more than, like, what would be a trade. So I tried doing, like, the first six issues. Oh, God. Switching. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah. Because, like, the Hulk is introduced in Iron Man. And then he shows up later. But, like, a whole bunch of stuff has happened with him that they keep talking about. Which is, like, I have no idea what that is. And then you read Avengers. Like, oh, this is what they were talking about
0: yeah i i feel like if you're doing something this big there should have been some more editorial control but editorial control was never really something that uh oh, well. this team seemed concerned with so captain america one through five had story art and edits by rob Liefeld with plot assist by chuck dixon uh the technical writer was jeff loeb with inks by john sabal and larry strucker Colors by Brian Haberlin and Andy Troy with Extreme Color on Separations, and Richard Starkings and Dave Lanfear on The Letters. And we start off with Steve Rogers being this man who's dreaming of Captain America, but when he wakes up he's just this dude living in Pittsburgh who really, really loves America, and he has his wife Peggy and their son Rick. And as he goes to work he hears about the violence of the World Party, which is a neo-Nazi group, and also on the way to work, he is spotted by this old black man who recognizes him, but he tries to ignore it. And at lunch, Steve talks about these dreams that he's having of him in the costume, and one of his co workers ends up calling someone unknown on the phone. <gasps> and then at the end of the day, he falls asleep watching the America Channel, I guess, and he dreams of being in the costume again. Elsewhere in Philadelphia, Ricky Barnes is confronted by her brother John and his pal Gus. And they are at least punks at this era. Like, they never really explain if they were white supremacists at this phase or if they got, like, mind-controlled into being even worse people. But uh, Ricky isn't down with the two guys going to the World Party meeting. She tries to stop them and is overpowered. Meanwhile, we see Masterman, aka Alexander the Great, who is the leader of the World Party, who survived World War II, and who has been informed that his agents have found Captain America, and he wants to get Captain America's shield. He then goes to speak to the World Party, and a lot of the stuff here is like, oh, yeah, this is the shit that Trump was saying. That's, that's unfortunate well no i mean that's fortunately time that it's like relevant but it's unfortunate that it is relevant yeah oh yeah and so at this uh rally is also secret agent hunt who works for shield who finds out that they have nukes and prepares to dial it into shield but this is super weird because they're meeting in a church they have nukes this is like an old-looking church building, and somehow they have these nukes that are underneath this, like, hundreds-of-year-old church in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. Comics. There's some stuff that did make a lot of sense.
0: But, you know, you, you sort of go along with it. And uh, he gets captured by someone. As Steve is walking around the next day, the old man approaches him and tells Steve that he is needed. And he leads a incredulous Steve Rogers to a warehouse where he introduces himself as Abe Wilson and returns Captain America's shield to him as soldiers in the World Party surround the building and blast it with weapons, leaving a pile of rubble. And then Captain America comes out of it with his shield and with his shirt and clothes all ripped. And he single-handedly takes out the soldiers, but Abe Wilson dies in his arms. R.I.P. RIP. Abe Wilson. Mm Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, the shield helicarrier... Nick is informed that Captain America is awake. Steve then rushes home to find that his wife and son are unresponsive, and he panics. And that's when Nick Fury shows up to talk, and reminds him of the promises that Captain America made to his country, and he reveals that Peggy and Rick are both life model decoys. Ricky wakes up the next day to find John is stealing from her, and also he's a skinhead now. And he steals what I assume is money from her and then rushes out, but we never really see that. I
1: assume so, too, because I don't really know what else she would have.
0: Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Sam Wilson, a.k.a. the Falcon, who is a fighter pilot, gets a message that his father has died. And we see that Special Agent Hunt has been captured and is now face-to-face with the Red Skull. We then get a time flashback to World War II, where Captain America is meeting with Harry S. Truman who wants captain america to endorse them dropping bombs on japan and he refuses and runs out
1: good for you cap
0: mm -hmm. general ross suggests that nick fury find a solution for this and so they made captain america a sleeper agent which gets retconned later on but now the idea was like super weird where it's just like oh shit we got a war let's let's toss out a captain america well, not even just
1: that, but also, like, he's a sleeper agent. It was like, so he's just living in Pittsburgh for 50
0: years? Well, no, they, like, move him around, they said.
1: Oh, I guess that's Because oh, they mentioned, yeah.
0: like, all the jobs that he had. Like, he was a graphic artist, and apparently that didn't work out well.
1: Were they wiping his mind? I guess that was more my thing when I was reading it.
0: Hard to say, hard to that,
1: say. That was more my thing. It was just like, I feel like you're not more of grasping the fact that you've just, like, Been weird family man for fifty years and haven't aged a day. Like I feel like they needed to wait like keep wiping his memory or something.
0: Well now did you read all 1 through 12? No. Okay, yeah. Later on it sorta gets retconned that they were actually like wiping him and they brought him out into like the Korean War and the Vietnam War and he got angry each time and so they had to put him away again. Oh, okay. And so like this solution for him was the uh longest term solution oh okay so it was like only for the past 10 years or so
1: oh, okay Hmm.
0: now i read all of iron man and avengers yeah that avengers gets pretty good once yeah, simonson comes on as the writer it's weird how that happens right mm-hmm so, now that uh, Captain America is back in the present day, Fury offers to let him sleep again, or to come back to S.H.I.E.L.D., and he agrees to do so on his own terms. They get teleported to the Helicarrier, where he meets Sharon and Dum-Dum-Dugan. He gets a new costume, and he's told that he's going to meet the Avengers. Meanwhile, the Red Skull has called in Crossbones to deal with Captain America instead of letting Man do it, and Man is salty about that. When Steve goes to meet with Sam Wilson... Sam slugs him in the face because he's angry that his dad was always more focused on trying to find Steve, and that's when Crossbones attacks and knocks out both of them. Luckily, Ricky Barnes at this time has decided to sneak into the World Party headquarters to stop her brother, who ends up finding her and tries to capture her. She weirdly thinks that John has been mind-controlled, and they never really clarify if he's a shitty dude or not.
1: Actually, I always just thought he was just a shitty dude, (laughs)
0: Yeah, like, that's what I'm going for. I have no idea why she believes that he's a good guy under there still. I'll
1: say, that's the thing I've learned with a lot of these books, is a lot of these people are just kind of shitty dudes. Mm-hmm. Encounter
0: Earth. Yep. So she runs and uh, bumps into the Red Skull. Meanwhile, Captain America and Sam have been captured with chains, and the Red Skull comes inside. He asks Captain America, who he points out is pretty much the nazi ubermensch to join him and captain america breaks through the chains and he gives crossbones a beat down and he gets his shield back from red skull and he ends up saving sam as well who's like i'll go by falcon but then they are stopped by Mastermind, who isn't just there to stop captain america but also red skull because he's really just not happy with what red skull is doing to this organization
1: he wants and... to be supreme leader
0: mm-hmm. and when captain america's like I can't believe you killed Abe Wilson. Sam is like, that was my father. I'm going to try and stop you. And he gets shot a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. And then Ricky wakes up tied to a nuclear missile. And that's when the helicarrier circles above. Captain America is fighting and takes down Masterman. And then in a Ooh, yeah. really weird scene, he uh gives Sam some of his blood, which is green, to try and save his friend let's let's talk about
1: that blood and how it's green. It is never addressed again.
0: Ah uh, listen bud, he's got radioactive blood. look out for Captain America man like, like, so, all the...
1: that's how like diseases get spread Because <laughs> you're you're oh. not doing like a blood transfusion. you started dripping your blood into his mouth.
0: That is gross. That's also not how, how do blood I transfusions it work without you? I want to know.
1: Because at least in the what's it called in the new one with that um, Spencer's writing, there's at least a blood transfusion that happened. Not just, I'm just going dri- to drip my, like cut my hand like a blood brother and start dripping blood into your mouth.
0: That's what we real bros do. <laughs> do
1: you know who did that? That's what what's it called? Did that's what what the evil people in Temple of Doom
0: did. Meanwhile, Hauptman, who was Masterman's second in the command is prepared to take over the entire organization, but Red Skull returns, Ricky tries to make an argument to her brother and Gus about how nuking the world is going to leave it unfit to live in, but Masterman interrupts and is like, no, no, we're just going to launch these bombs, I really hate all these diverse people living together. Cap returns, frees Ricky with his shield, and Ricky is able to knock out both John and Gus, Captain America fights Masterman and then Sam shows up and both of them knock out Masterman together with a group punch and that is fantastic. It was. It's that's like... a good panel. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Nick Fury shows up to save the day and that's essentially the end of the story arc for Rob Liefeld's Captain America run which is weird because like He also appears in Avengers, and if these books were coming out at the same time, that would have been really sort of, I don't want to say boring, but, like, anticlimactic to be like, oh, yeah, you know that he's going to get out of here because he hasn't met the Avengers yet. Yeah. That happens a lot, though, in comics. Yeah, but, like, here it was four books, and they couldn't really get that to work.
1: No, very true. I'm still just really curious what, like, the end game for this was, because they kept saying that they were actually willing to have this be like an ongoing thing mm-hmm. like was the intention always to bring them back to the regular universe
0: i think they wanted to see if it would make a lot of money and if it would they would just keep on with this weird segmented world yeah because
1: like because like i have some of the spider-man issues from the exact same time and it kind of like mentions oh yeah that some of the heroes are missing
0: well yeah and this was what led to the thunderbolts yeah because you suddenly had no avengers no fantastic four
1: yeah no like that was great but like will we have continued with that i don't know
0: Mm-hmm. that
1: would have just been a really weird marvel universe so if this had just continued
0: it would have been kind of great though if you kept on having like really really well-regarded uh creators like coming onto the books and taking over for like lee and liefeld's world that they had made and it's like Yeah, it started off really weird, but this is like some of the best stories that we've had in ages.
1: Well, actually, I was reading a thing. Apparently it was Jim Lee... uh, that was because Jim Lee wouldn't stay on is the reason that they dropped it. Yeah. They wanted him to do both art and write, and he said he wouldn't do both.
0: Which I can understand. Oh, for sure. We then cut to Avengers number one, which was written and penciled by The Rob with Jim Valentino on the script, Chappy Yipe on a Pencils as well, with John Sibal and Marlo Alquiza on inks, with Extreme Color on Separations, Ashby Manson on Colors, and Steve Dutro on Letters. And Loki wakes up in the void to find that Asgard is missing. Cut off. Because, actually, back in the 616, before the whole Onslaught thing happened, which... Uh, do we need to explain Onslaught? Yeah, we probably should. I I think we can probably do that in the second one.
1: Probably. I mean, I guess for just, like, a long story short charles and magneto kind of merge minds but both are darker portions of their minds and it gets an actual form Mm -hmm. and it starts killing everything
0: yeah uh anyways at the time asgard had been destroyed and all the gods were reincarnated in another series uh journey into mystery which actually launched with heroes reborn but doesn't actually take place in the universe oh weird Mm -hmm. and it's really weird because there's like enchantresses in both universes
1: well, there's a lot of questions that I kind of had about this, which is like, why was Loki here? Was he present during the onslaught thing? I didn't think so. No, and like it was like very vague on like why certain characters appear here and not. Because like I understand the general reasoning for why. Yeah. But even like Pepper Potts showing up in Iron Man was like a little oh
0: okay. Well, I guess it's also a bit of you needed to have them to fill out the world. I mean, so maybe that, some that's are, very true. So maybe some of them were just constructs in this whole world yes yeah that was kind of what i was wondering well we can see if they ever discuss that because there's the heroes return miniseries mm-hmm. so maybe that would be part three.
1: Oh, should we even just mention like what even this universe is
0: oh you mean how it's uh franklin richard's the omnipotent son's uh universe that he put together when his parents and like some of the greatest heroes died yeah yep that's it
1: that's it mm-hmm. well there's probably something we should mention
0: nah so loki decides to try and find thor and kill him which leads him to norway where a shield dig has uncovered thor who was frozen in ice you know like captain america normally is and it turns out they were just looking for his hammer instead loki tries to destroy the ice but it is protected and meanwhile donald blake who is leading the excavation calls the avengers a name which loki remembers for some reason and hates Uh, Meanwhile, in New York Harbor, which is where Avengers Island is located, Wanda the Scarlet Witch spends time with her teacher Agatha Harkness, and here Wanda is like really weirdly characterized because she's like a very much a girly girl,
1: and she has her headpiece that I hate. Ugh.
0: Yeah, I hate uh, the one that
1: goes all the way through the chin.
0: The cat breading one. Yeah,
1: it's like it looks so dumb. It was like remember how great it was when you just cut it off and it just kind of became like a fancy tiara. Go back to Mm -hmm. that.
0: And I'd assume this is because there was never a Magneto in this world and no Pietro. Yeah. Uh, Loki appears and she's able to sense him. So Loki's like, oh, well, I, I don't want to be caught. So we get to see some of the other members, including Swordsman, who nobody cares about. Hawkeye, who is mysterious, like we never see his face. And apparently Loeb and Liefeld plan to make him turn out to be Simon Williams, who normally turns into... Uh, Wonder Man. Wonder Man. Yeah. Except that nobody told those plans to Walter Simonson, so they never got followed out on. Nice. There's Hellcat, who sort of looks like Wolfsbane, because Rob Liefeld has one design for animal people, Mm -hmm. and he or she is like a cat person. Yes. And there's also Vision, who is a shitty version of the Vision, and there's Captain America. Meanwhile, Henry Peter Geirich, who is the... Yeah, our boy who is the liaison, is showing Nick Fury the base, and he's unhappy about this freedom that they're going to have. And that's when they get the call that Thor has been found. Wanda tries hitting on Vision, but it turned out he was asleep when she tried to do it, so they go on a journey to meet the other members, which are Hank Pym, who has created Ultron, and his shitty son Ultron. Janna comes in, criticizes Wanda's costume, which does look awful.
1: Oh, it looks terrible. Like, I mean, it looks like she's basically just, like, draping herself in just, like, cloth and fabric.
0: Except it's tight around the tits. Yeah. But, like, Janet's well, Like, those dress gloves is are so, awesome. like,
1: weird. They look I mean, they look like she just has, like, hanging skin, like, off of her.
0: Well, and then Janet's, like, dress is awful. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm a great fashion designer. I have a great fashion sense. And it's like, no, honey, honey, no. Rob Liefeld does not understand fashion. Nope. Uh, Ultron greets Janet, and she hates Ultron for no real reason. Like, she is a dick to Ultron every single time they talk. Yeah. Like, he he just wants love. I'm blaming Ultron going evil on Janet.
1: Hot take, Luke.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is my hot take. But the uh, team gets a call to action, so they head out to Norway, where they also find Mjolnir. And working together, they free Thor from the ice. That's when Loki shows up, and he's like, oh, Thor, I freed you the avengers are our greatest enemy you should stop them thor attacks the avengers but he is talked down by captain america and loki's like shit my plan didn't work out at all and he prepares a spell to send thor to limbo but he ends up getting sent there himself thor's memories are shaky he remembers that ragnarok happened but for the meantime he agrees to join the avengers happy times
1: so happy
0: yeah yeah it's comics are weird comics are weird This is also where we get to see that Loki is sent to limbo and we see the infamous long-leggy enchantress. Yes. Where it's like, Rob Liefeld started drawing her at the top half of the page and then realized he needed to fill out more of the panel (laughs) and so the legs just kept going down.
1: (sighs) Oh, Oh, Mr. Liefeld.
0: I, I, I respect the Rob as a person who has been able to make a living doing what he loves and who has stuck through despite, like, literally most of the world telling him that he sucks at doing art. Yep. We then go to Fantastic Four, number one through three, with Jim Lee on plot and pencils, Brandon Choi on script, Scott Williams on inks, Joe Chiodo and Martin Jimenez on colors, Wildstorm FX on computer colors, and Richard Starkings and Dave Lanfear on the letters. After a test simulation piloted by Major Ben Grimm fails, Reed tries to argue with his investors that they should still let Ben pilot the Excelsior, which is this new quantum-drive spaceship that they've developed that they want to use to study a space anomaly. But they're like, yeah, no, we don't want Ben to pilot this thing. And before he can talk to Ben more, Raid is formed by assistance, so Ben takes a call from Sue Storm, who in this universe is a businesswoman. And her brother Johnny owns Storm Casinos. And they're both coming along in this because it's a good PR moment for both of them. Sue is then interrupted by S.H.I.E.L.D. special agent Wyatt Wingfoot, who has now been put in charge of Project Excelsior because of the threat of the solar anomaly. As Ben is driving to get Sue, he is attacked by a sports car with a beautiful woman in the passenger seat before it's revealed that Johnny is driving it, and the two get into a bit of a chicken fight, and Ben ends up winning, causing Johnny to get driven off the road. Ben picks up Sue, and they head back with the unfortunate news... And Wyatt has them set up for the launch. When Ben and Reed are still unhappy, he gets them locked up in jail. And when Sue enters in her code, Wyatt also orders that the two of them, Sue and Johnny, get locked up. And then he kills Dr. Isaac, the scientist, who's like, I don't like Ben Grimm. Sure, we should comply with S.H.I.E.L.D. His ass is dead and never heard from again. Mm-hmm. And we then find out that Wyatt is working for Dr. Doom. From the jail, Ben sees that they are loading a nuke onto the ship because they want to blow up the anomaly. Which I'm not going to lie,
1: it seems like nukes are really easy to get in this universe. Eh. Like, that, that seems to be every major villain pretty much in this franchise's go-to weapon.
0: Weirdly enough, though, nuke doesn't show up. Exactly.
1: They made a mistake.
0: Mm-hmm. So Johnny and Sue are able to escape from the guards that were after them. They free Reed and Ben. They decide to stop Wyatt's plans, and to do so, they're going to steal their prototype ship that they had. Uh, when the Excelsior takes off, they hop into their prototype, and they see it, like, doing something weird to the anomaly, and that causes the anomaly to send out a code. Something ends up coming out of the field, but the other ship nukes the anomaly, and the Fantastic Four, before there, the Fantastic Four get caught in the blast, and their prototype crashes to the Earth. Meanwhile, the Excelsior returns safely, and, uh, yeah. Johnny wakes up in the Caribbean Sea, explodes into flame, he finds Reed, who is stretched and pulled across the beach, and he was lucky enough to save the black box. Ben Grimm transforms into the thing, Sue comes to look for them, and finds that the quantum drive containment is unstable, so they have to leave, and that's when Ben appears as the thing for the first time. And there are a lot of things where it's like, oh, you know it'd be awful if this experimental energy device we have exploded because it could literally kill half the country mm-hmm. like that's so many of the problems in this comic or in this like universe oh yeah
1: Maybe Iron Man has like half of those
0: <laughs> yeah it's like oh how many gamma drives do you have around here uh like 50 okay
1: oh you built your suit that could magically just like explode at any moment <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. oh that's good so, Johnny and Reed hear Sue, and they chase after them, and they are surrounded by Maloids who capture them. And they find out that Sue and Ben were already captured as these giant monsters start approaching to eat them. Sue turns invisible, and Ben enters clobberin' time mode. And we find out that the leader of them, the Momad, has brought down the Quantum Drive. And he plans to kill them all, and then use the Quantum Drive to sacrifice a city to the Great One. That way, he'll be allowed to rule the planet. Johnny gets knocked out because he was trying to blind everyone with his fire. So, uh, Reed... So, Ben and Reed work together to destroy the big monsters, and Sue realizes that she can use her invisibility powers to make holes in the cave for light to enter. So, Ben grabs a big old diamond, and they create ambient light, which blinds all the Moloids and Mole Man and they escape with the quantum drive. Reed is able to deactivate it in time, and Ben seals the cave in, only for something else to appear and capture them. Meanwhile, an Atlantis, Lord King, tries to meet with Namor, but Dorma will initially not let him. You find out that a plague has been affecting and killing Atlanteans, and when another Atlantean starts dying, Krang bursts into Namor's chamber. Krang blames the land dwellers, and they prepare to invade. Back with the Fantastic Four, they find themselves in white costumes, so that they are being observed by S.H.I.E.L.D., and they break out, only to find they are in a helicarrier, and they are captured again. They're brought to Nick Fury, who Ben recognizes, and they try and talk, but that's when Namor has invaded New York City. Reed wants answers, and Fury confesses that Wide Wingfoot went rogue, and he wanted to make sure that they were also not rogue. They agree to help them, but they want to be their own team, and they decide to go as the Fantastic Four, using some tape to quickly make a Four logo. Yep. Which is some good costume design for only having black tape. And when they attack Namor, he toots the horn, awakening Giganto. So the Avengers show up to help and fight Giganto, and Sue tries to talk Namor down, but the other members of the Fantastic Four thought she was trying to calm him down so they could catch him, and he turns on them. Ben, meanwhile, tries to help in a fight, but is attacked by New Yorkers and gets knocked out. Namor resumes his attack, but that's when Captain America shows up, and since they fought in World War II as buddies, Crane realizes, oh shit, my plan is turning around, and it might backfire on me. So I've got to do something different. Ben wakes up and finds himself in Alicia Master's gallery, which she has uh, turned into a makeshift field hospital, and Ben admires her for doing that and for her bravery, but Ben's like, i got a monster to crush! Captain America, meanwhile, has calmed everyone down, but Namor succumbs to the plague that has been affecting the Atlanteans. Oh no! And that's when Crane attacks with the Atlantean army. And Namor's like, oh shit, No! So the Atlanteans attack, the Avengers defend, and Reed is asked to try and figure out a cure for the plague. Ben, meanwhile, called in Nick Fury to get a ship, steals the ship and Nick Fury's cigar and starts flying it towards Giganto. Reed, meanwhile, finds out that the plague is actually Sea Wasp Venom, and he's able to make a cure really simply, and it's like, Namor, how did your scientists not figure that shit out? I assume Sea Wasp must be like a very common thing.
1: One would expect it hmm sometimes namor doesn't think things through
0: but like he has scientists so i guess if it was krang who was in charge he could have been like no nope, it can't be sea wasp venom
1: actually here yeah, it's probably like this luke it's like the new planet of the apes movie Krang is just woody harrelson
0: <laughs> oh no yep <laughs> why cookie woody harrelson so Namor gets on his uh pole horn now that he's recovered, and he calls his soldiers to arrest Krang and the day is saved. The paparazzi love the Fantastic Four, and for the meantime, they have to cut their business ties like politicians are supposed to do. And the Fantastic Four declared heroes and wide wingfoot is missing. <gasps> we then go to Avengers numbers two through three. In the Nether Realm, Loki agrees to work with Enchantress, who wants Scarlet Witch. Uh, because Enchantress thinks that Scarlet Witch is her daughter.
1: And sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. Wanda's like the opposite of Wendigo in Exiled. She is everybody's daughter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Writes down notes for Exiled. And Jin doesn't listen to this podcast. Though you also don't listen to this podcast. That's true. Yeah. But I know what's said on it because I'm on it and you don't have Jane Wendigo's memories so hmm. true so Gyrick isn't happy that the team enlisted Thor and uh like they didn't consult him at all Vision and now Ultron 2 are trying to examine a Mjolnir and Thor gets tired of being tested all the time meanwhile Janet, Wand, and Hellcat go shopping because women Hawkeye and Swordsman train been trained together and their main point is they don't like authority because for man. each other and they're both shitty <laughs> yep and that's when a giant ship that looks like a sword appears in space fury asks the avengers to check on it and the avengers assemble to meet kang the team works to fight kang but one by one he knocks him all out until thor is the only one left standing and he captures thor as well because he has future technology and has all of them in stasis and it turns out he's doing this all for his love mantis whose hair inexplicably changes colors between pages and panels mm-hmm Shield and the Fantastic Four attack Kang's ship. Meanwhile, back at Avengers Island, Janna tries to get Hank to help, but he is busy working, so Ultron 3 tries to comfort her, and she just really is a dick to Ultron again. She says, Wait, she just wants him to turn. Yeah, she wants a reason to kill him, just cause. Yep. Thor is able to summon Mjolnir to him while he's in the stasis case, and he's able to free himself from the others. And meanwhile, Agatha Harkness appears on Avengers Island to try and talk to Wanda only to find Loki instead. The Avengers attack Kang, except for Hellcat, who attacks Mantis, which opens up Kang's defenses, and Thor brings the hammer down on Kang. Mantis confesses that Kang did it all to try and win her heart, and she did nothing to stop him. And she's like, yeah, I feel sorry about how this happened. At
1: the same time, Mantis, you could have easily just said, yo, destroying other planets
0: does not turn me on. Looting and polluting is not the way... That's how you won't get into my pants today. Go, Mantis. Mantis. So, Kang escapes with Mantis in his face. Swordsman's like, I think I recognized Mantis, and it's never followed up on again. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kang is like, Oh, wait, I'm not done yet. And he shoots Vision's broken body <laughs> at the Avengers, <laughs> which is the best. And then Wanda's like, Do you think androids can die?
1: Oh, honey. I'm sorry. I loved that panel.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it is great. It is an amazing panel. I have been like, I got the image gallery together ready for this issue. So, you know, that one made it in. Oh, for sure. We then go to Iron Man number one through four, which was by Scott Lopdell and Jim Lee Leanne Story with Will Sportation pencils. I think he may be the worst artist in some ways. Yes. Does not know how to draw heads at all. And hair. Mm-hmm. Uh Scott Williams and J D were on the inks. Joe Chiodo and Martin Jimenez were on colors, with Wildstorm effects on computer colors, and Rich and Dave on letters. And we start off in the past where Rebel O'Reilly is testing the Prometheus armor, and they note some energy surges in the armor as he tries to push it more and more. And as Tony tries to shut down the armor to save his friend, it explodes. Boom! Bye, Rebel. Which is Rebel? Someone we were supposed to have known? No. Okay. New character. Sometime later, Stark is one his court case that was put up against him because of unknown reasons. Like, they don't really get into what he was being sued for. It makes you think that it was somehow...
1: There's a lot of things that I got really confused on with that whole aspect.
0: Yeah. The important thing is that it's a way to, like, introduce all the, uh, like, characters.
1: And it does. But, I don't know. For me, it, like, works poorly because mostly just his reaction to it. Like, he seems, like, very maniacal and evil
0: yeah he is a dick until he has the big life awaken moment
1: but to me that it didn't feel earned i guess is my issue yeah
0: it is like like all of a sudden i'm a good person
1: i'm just like wait what yeah because like you weren't just like a conflicted man who was doing things you weren't proud of you seemed very into the bad things that you were doing Mm mm-hmm which they try to retcon later and saying that, like, I was at a funk or something. I'm like,
0: mmm. He's down with a funk. Do, 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 But yes, he has uh, one because of his legal team, which pisses off a guy named Brayden who works for his company. And so Braden kills his co-workers who are joking about him uh, wanting Tony Stark to fail. Meanwhile, Bruce and Tony are hanging out because they're friends.
1: And Bruce's hair is awful.
0: Yeah, he's got anime hair. Oh. Hard to work. And Tony's like, I only see these people as ants who give me money. And his publicist, Happy Hogan, is like, yeah, no, you don't want to do that, buddy. Tony's like, it doesn't matter. I'm here with my friends, including Liz Ross, my head of security, who I enjoy hanging out with as a friend for some reason.
1: Oh, man, which I'm not going to lie. When you change people's first names, it completely throws me off. Because it took me, like, till the end of the issue, slash, kind of beginning of the next issue, was like, oh, that's Betsy Ross. Or, that's Betty Ross. Elizabeth, yeah. I was like, I was was not putting that together.
0: (laughs) So, Bruce reflects back on the old days when he was in college with his friends Reed Richards, Victor Von Doom, Revel O'Reilly, and Tony Stark as they made the Atomic Knights of the Round Table. There was not enough flashbacks to that. I wanted to see some, like, wild partying. We do get some more later on, which is good. Yeah. Leonard Sampson, who is the psychologist, gets asked about Tony's behavior by Jasper Sitwell, the government liaison for the Sark industry. But uh, Leonard's like, no, I've got, I just testified on it. I don't have to say anything else. And he's also drinking a lot. Classic Leonard. Mm-hmm. Tony gives a speech where he's like, oh, uh, the fact that I won is all thanks to my lawyer, Jen Walters, and she is ashamed of it. And he's like, yeah, and that's why I'm throwing this big party using my settlement money. And Pepper Potts calls him out on this and uh, throws a drink in his face.
1: And then she gets
0: fired. Yep. Well, not just then. Uh, meanwhile, Braden has allowed Hydra to come into the Stark building where they plan to breach the gamma reactor that nobody else knows about in here except for Bruce who is uh, trying to calm Liz down because she let tony get a drink thrown in his face and she gets informed of the breach and has no idea what's down there but bruce knows and so they decide to head over together tony talks to pepper and she tries to explain what's been going on he's like no no you're fired you're fired you're a tiny ant who has been fired give me money and uh samson thinks that he's being cruel and tony's like i don't give a shit what you say i'm i'm free i have not been sued And Samson's like, yeah, you don't really build things anymore. All you seem to do is destroy things, like your relationships with other people, Tony. (gasps) And you got to be careful. And Tony's like, I'm either at the top of the world or I'm on the edge of the world. What you going to do? Look at me and my edge. Meanwhile, Liz Ross realizes that something is up and she starts attacking the Stark compound, figuring out that it has been commandeered. And she sees Madame Hydra, who she somehow recognizes, which never really gets followed up on. Nope. And she tries to get Bruce to call for backup, but, like, something happens. Like, somehow he gets taken out of the helicopter that they're in, but he's in a freaking helicopter. That's never explained. Yeah. So, Tony turns to Jasper for advice, who says that, uh, No, Tony, you don't have to worry about all these people who want to bring you down. We're above everybody else. How can they bring us down if we're above them all? We can only keep on going up and up and up. And when the call from Liz Ross comes in, Jasper's like, you don't need to worry about this, Tony. That's someone from who's below you. You don't need to come along. You just got to go back to the party and go up and up and up and up and up and up. And Bruce, meanwhile, has been captured. And Madam Hydra reveals that she has a plan to detonate the gamma bomb that they were storing inside here that Bruce built. And... She locks him in the chamber and Liz finds him inside but is unable to override the security. Which is not good if you're the head of security and you're unable to do the override. Which
1: well, I was very confused because wasn't. With the whole Braden thing letting them in, it was like I thought Bruce was the one who was letting him in.
0: Bruce made the bomb and I guess Madame Hydra knew about the bomb and knew Bruce made it.
1: See, I took it as Bruce was trying to give them the bomb, which I didn't understand. Because he didn't want people to have it. I'm like, well, why would you go to a terrorist organization
0: it's very unclear
1: like what like what did you think they were going to do with it
0: not blow it up and destroy the eastern seaboard yep so tony decides to come along for the investigation despite jasper's aspersions and bruce wakes up in the chamber and ends up having the chamber dropped into the emergency shaft that they have where it will save the world from the bomb and as he drops down the explosion goes off when Tony gets there, all he sees is a crater and signs that something has come out of the building. And that is when they find the Hulk, who attacks their helicopter. Hulk attacks so many helicopters in this universe.
1: Hulk's very much into helicopters. Mm-hmm. He sexually identifies as helicopter.
0: I wouldn't necessarily say it's sexual. It's just he, he's racist against helicopters. Yeah,
1: maybe that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like the whole bulls just go angry when they see red. Yeah. Except that that was really... Because he gets stabbed with swords. But this
1: this is a bull that you can't stab.
0: Well, stabbing is probably not the best idea. Yeah. So the Hulk goes off uh, because he wants to find his friend. Meanwhile, uh, Tony drags Sitwell from the wreckage, only to realize that he has a massive piece of shrapnel going through his body.
1: Gets bigger than a, a piece.
0: Yeah. It's, it's probably like, like a helicopter a blade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> to which I was looking at that I was like I'm sorry sir You are not walking away from that
0: you, You're gonna die Yeah And they're very inconsistent about like How the suit keeps him alive Cause he rips that piece of metal out of his Well that body. was my thing
1: It was just like beforehand Like in the original it's like it's Small pieces of shrapnel from like a mine It was like that makes sense that he can't get to him, And they're like inching towards his heart But I'm like nah you fucking just rip that thing out
0: Yeah uh what i like to think is that stark had a parasite that was implanted in him by dr doom that was going to make him evil and more compliant to doom's wills and that was why he was becoming a jerk and so the shrapnel that went through it destroyed that and that's why he becomes good all of a sudden
1: i don't believe it's canon
0: too bad it's canon now Uh, so Stark realized that he only has one, uh, way to survive, and so he enters into the Prometheus suit, which killed his best friend, and apparently will keep him alive and, like, heal him? Because, I mean, that's a big-ass wound.
1: Here's another thing I was confused by, too, because he said that the last person aware of this was his pal who blew up. I'm like, so did you rebuild this armor? Because beforehand, you made it seem like you kind of scrapped the whole project after that.
0: He had another suit made, like another prototype, yeah. He flies out and discovers that the Hulk has Liz, and Hulk is angry. And so Iron Man is able to briefly knock out the Hulk, and he tells Liz that he is Tony's security guard, and Liz tells him about Hydra attacking, and they both think that Bruce is dead. Hulk gets back up, and Zitwell decides to try and find Tony. Iron Man uh, gets Hulk outside of the plant, but he is worried about using too much energy, because that's what caused Rebel O'Reilly to explode. And so he blasts Hulk into the air, And tries to find out about Banner from him. And Hulk hates Banner. And as they're fighting, a news helicopter appears and Hulk is like, Oh shit, a helicopter, I'm going to destroy that. And he attacks it. Meanwhile, Liz finds Sitwell, who had been following Tony's trail of blood, which suddenly stops. Meanwhile, Iron Man got beaten down but found some electrical wires and somehow zaps Hulk. And then they fall off of Niagara Falls, which turns off the power grid. Because sure yeah the fantastic four show up and look for tony and uh sitwell is forced to let them since they are friends with uh tony and back at pepper potts house no, no, she no. finds iron... what
1: he lets them because uh fury told him
0: oh yeah and they get to do it because fury knows they're friends with Stark. yeah so back at pepper potts house she finds iron man who she immediately knows as tony and she dyed her hair blonde yep and he needs energy, so she gets some jumper cables and a battery, which restores him. Which I'm not sure. Let's let's go with that. I mean, well, I mean, you say
1: that at the same time. In original Iron Man, he basically just fucking plugged his suit into the wall, and that was good
0: enough. The suit makes very little sense. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Elsewhere, uh, with Hydra, Whirlwind appears, and I love him because he's this sort of loser goof. Like, he mixes up the time that he was supposed to come to them, and later on he's confused by what organic eggs are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which, props to the 1990s. I didn't really think that organic eggs were a real big thing back then. Mm-hmm. And good on you, Pepper, for eating them.
0: And so Pepper drives to Why would her refrigerator be on the second floor of her house? Because later on when we see she goes into her house, and it's like, oh, there's two floors, and the refrigerator is on the second one, apparently.
1: God, oh, that can be a thing.
0: It's a weird thing.
1: It is a weird thing, but... I mean, because what's going in the house that I lived in my sophomore year of college, there was full kitchens both on the first and
0: second floor. But were those two separate apartments? No. It was one giant house. Okay. Well, Pepper drives Tony to Stark headquarters and is able to get in by claiming that she needs to pick up some STD tests for Tony, and Tony's like, I'm sorry that I fired you. And meanwhile, Arthur Parks is upset about what Stark did to his company, and so he decides to make Tony Stark for what he did. Tony, meanwhile, has gone through a deathbed change of heart, feeling like he uh, is going to finally get to do something valuable again, and Pepper reminds him that he is still technically missing. That's when the Thing shows up at Stark headquarters, and Iron Man attacks him because he has no idea what is going on because he has been caught up with his lawsuit, and he has not heard about the Fantastic Four. But he recognizes Reed Richards when he comes in, and Pepper's like, oh no, this is Iron Man. He's Tony Stark's bodyguard. And Iron Man's like, yeah, I'm going to go find Tony. And then the two friends like greet each other. And they're like, oh, we're both different, but now we're both happy with life again. And they never really explain how Tony is surviving outside of the suit. What do you mean? Like, it looks like he has the chest piece on. Yeah. But that's, that's like a big-ass, bulky thing. That's why he always has to wear bathrobes. Yeah, but that's that's how it was in the What's They Called in the original comics.
1: He always has the chest piece on.
0: Okay, I I guess I'm used to movie tony Stark. no that's fair
1: no yeah he does always he has the chess piece on in the original comics
0: okay the more you know about things you didn't previously know mm-hmm. meanwhile parks has hooked him up to his machine and has done something to himself thunderbolt ross wakes up demanding that they capture the hulk after what he did to not only the government but also his daughter and we find out that ross is also the chief of staff who was on sick leave and liz tries to call him and that really doesn't get followed up either
1: yeah, hey, but this one also tied into very relevant topics, too, which is when a general just begins. Made chief of staff.
0: Oh, politics. Yep. Meanwhile, Stark is in his Iron Man suit where he is working to carve out an armory, and Sitwell has shown up looking for him. Stark returns to talk to Sitwell, who's unhappy that Stark lost Banner. He's like, yeah, I can't believe you did it, just like how you lost your friend Rebel O'Reilly. Do you remember when you let him die in your machine? He's like, "Oh, Yeah. And he asks Pepper to look out for him in case he becomes an asshole again. And that's when Dr. Park shows up. Tony tries to apologize for destroying his company and ruining his life. And he gets cut off and Park is like, oh, yeah, no, you you did. I don't want to hear your apologies. Because he does in a very bad way. Yeah, t- t-
1: Tony does not do a good apology. Because he, he, this is when he states, I was in a funk. Do, do,
0: do, 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 do. Bow, bow, bow.
1: I'm sorry that I ruined your life just because I was having a bad day.
0: There was a moment I needed the most. Park reveals that he has replaced his nervous system with fiber optics. And so now he's the living laser because sure, comics. Yeah. So Stark summons his armor and he tries to escape in the pool and uh, he gets the armor in and he's like, okay, Iron Man is here. Meanwhile, Bruce calls uh, Doctor Samson, saying that he is still alive. And chronologically, or like according to the caption, this is supposed to take place after Avengers four through five, but I feel like it actually takes place before. Yeah, because four through five leads into the Industrial Revolution. So, I'm I'm no prizing it. The caption box is wrong. And actually, you know, no, no, no,
1: no. Of... Sorry, that's not true. I would disagree with you there. No, oh. because this is the whole point where I was saying before, where it's he's talking with Samson is like this is after his fight with the Avengers. I'm some of the stuff he was talking about just because since I read this, the Iron Man series first, yeah, I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. Where after having read the Avengers four through five, then I was like, oh okay, I get a bit more why he's calling.
0: Hmm.
1: No, I would say this time that editorial is correct, Luke. I i think that it has to take place after he fought the avengers not before
0: okay okay so i will make a note that uh iron man four and five happen after yeah i'm not editing it in the podcast
1: i don't think so this is good discussion
0: yep oh no i mean i'm not editing the order
1: oh that's fair so yeah i wouldn't yeah i don't think it actually i don't think i mean it doesn't really matter because it was a very brief scene Mm
0: Mm-hmm. and i think it's a second one where it's longer but that one definitely takes place after. yeah So anyways, as Park attacks, he finds out that Tony's repulsors are in sync with his lasers, and and Iron Man tries to stop Living Laser from attacking. Living Laser refuses, and he loses all of his flesh, so he's stuck as a melting laser man, and I guess he dies? That was the thing, I could not tell. Yep. And as Pepper heads home, Whirlwind is waiting for her checking out her eggs. So then I guess what would have been before Iron Man number four is Avengers four through five where Ian Churchill comes in on the pencils and it looks a lot better. Yes. So the Hulk is on a rampage looking for Banner when he is being tracked by S.H.I.E.L.D. helicopters, which he attacks. So they report it to General Ross and it's confusing why General Ross is also working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and also head of security.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things. All I've learned, though, is that S.H.I.E.L.D. seems to be magically in everyone's business in this universe. Like, bam, yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. liaison's like, here and there at this, every Stark company with the Avengers. You mean,
0: like, Phil Coulson and the Iron Man movies?
1: To an extent, or... but that was after he became Iron Man.
0: No, because he kept trying to meet with Tony Stark the entire time.
1: Yeah, that was after the whole Iron Man incident happened, though.
0: Like, after... Because
1: he wanted to debrief on the whole, everything that went down with him and the Ten Rings. Because uh, um... he says that. He says that we needed to, to debrief you.
0: Okay, well, I haven't seen it long enough, so I'll defer to you on this one. Back at the base, Hank and Ultron 4 are looking at the vision who has stopped working. Hank Pym is shrunk down inside the vision, and Janet comes looking for her husband, and Ultron lies and says that Dr. Pym is not there. And then Janet's like, Oh, I really hate you, Rilla, you suck. Because Janet is the worst to poor Ultron. Hulk, meanwhile, is being approached by Loki, who has turned into a bird, and he's like, Hey, Hulk, look at Avengers Island for him. And then he returns to Agatha Harkness's house, where he, he has turned her into a tree, which is horrifying. Yeah. And back at the Avengers Island, we see that Enchantress is talking to Scarlet Witch in disguise as Agatha Harkness. And in the Bowery at a bar, Thor is getting hammered. Cap and Swordsman are training together while Hawkeye is on monitor duty, and Hellcat is trying to figure out who Hawkeye is. And that's when Hulk shows up looking for Banner swordsman gets his ass beat hawkeye gets his ass beat and then captain america gets trounced as well thor comes in and they have like an entire issue long match where they're evenly matched until uh hulk knocks thor out he tries to lift mjolnir but is unable to shield shows up they find that there's a gamma core at the avengers base that is going to go off and yeah this is where i was like they need to stop building gamma cores and putting them in places for real and so thor and hulk continue fighting through the building which eventually ends in the lab where vision was with hank still inside and hulk has knocked out thor and the entire avengers island has been destroyed so we then have iron man number five where ryan benjamin comes in on pencils with salim crawford and jd and uh tom mcweeney on arts and the pencils and
1: also got better here
0: yep and we see that uh whirlwind has captured pepper and tony stark is facing him down, and he knows all about who Whirlwind is. And we flash back to Iron Man earlier in the day, who's looking for signs of the Hulk. Liz Ross is waiting for him and threatens Iron Man because Tony never really told him about Iron Man before. Iron Man insults her ability to protect a Banner, and so she just walks off in a huff, or I guess walks and then swims off because she was on a boat. Yep. And Tony tries to call Pepper, only for Whirlwind to pick up and the man that uh, Tony Stark comes in and sees him alone. And that's when Whirlwind attacks. Meanwhile, Bruce is still talking to Samson, who asks him to turn himself in. But as some police come nearby, he escapes before Sitwell was able to trace him with Samson's help. As Tony faces down Whirlwind in hand-to-hand combat, he uses magnesium flares to blind Whirlwind, which would have also blinded Tony Stark.
1: Oh, yeah. For sure. And honestly, probably, like, permanently. (laughs)
0: He also, like, drops some force field balls to protect Pepper, and then he runs away again. And he opens up a kinetic intake converter, which absorbs energy. So when Whirlwind gets stuck in it, the more he tries to, like, struggle, the more it absorbs him. And he, like, either dies or gets sucked into another universe or something. Uh, Yeah, I kind of assumed he died. Mm Mm-hmm. And elsewhere, we see Madame Hydra talking to her boss, the Mandarin, who orders her to not kill Tony Stark. And after, Tony talks about his legacy and how it has only gained him enemies. And Pepper's like, yeah, but you did good bringing together the Avengers. And he's like, how did I do that? And she's like, oh, you did it like... And then she sees that the Avengers Island has been destroyed.
1: To which I agree. When When I was first reading this issue, I'm like, yes, please, Pepper, please continue that thought. I would like to know.
0: You know, you put in that gamma charger that... Oh. So we then go to Fantastic Four, number four through six, which kept the creative team. In New York City, Johnny is trying to buy toys of himself, and he even does an ad for them later on, which is kind of amazing. Oh, yeah. But he has to rush out because he's both recognized, and then he sees an emergency flare. Ben is meanwhile trying to find Alicia and bursts out of the car when he sees another short-haired redhead. And it turns out that everybody in this universe pretty much wants to fuck the thing. Yeah. And they get together, like all the Fantastic Four gets together, and Reed's like, oh, I may have found some information based on the analysis of the anomaly. And I think the thing that we're looking for landed in Wakanda. So let's go there. And Sue's like, oh, well, I know the king of Wakanda because I'm a businesswoman. And so she and Reed go there, and it turns out that uh, Alicia called and wanted to go on a date with Ben. Meanwhile, Ben and Johnny are trying to figure out his dating plans. When Wide Wingfoot, looking much more disheveled and sort of looking like Hobo Namor in a way, uh-huh. Sue and Reed meet T'Challa in Wakanda, and he gets into his costume as Black Panther, and they set off to find the anomaly, and are attacked by mutated lizards that pretty much look like dinosaurs that have been picking off his soldiers. A bomb goes off, and Sue and Reed are barely able to escape with T'Challa. And they find a aircraft where Wyatt Wingfoot is waiting. They break into the plane and are hit with Neuro Disruptors. Wyatt is ordered to bring them back to Latveria by his boss, Dr. Doom. Back at the base, Johnny and Ben try and find out what happened to Wyatt, who explained that he was replaced by a doppelganger space alien, and neither of them believe him. Uh, he wanted to warn Sue and Reed about a trap that was laid for them in Wakanda. And... He's like, oh, well, it's probably too late, so we should probably go and save them from Dr. Doom. And we find out more about the Atomic Knights and how they all wanted to build this super armor suit together, but what they were going to use it for caused them to fall apart. And so when Doom tried to make his own, it exploded, he got burnt, and that's where Dr. Doom came from. And Doom reveals that he now has the Silver Surfer, and he's trying to channel his energy, but there's too much power so Doom plans to force Reed to help him figure out how to get the energy out or else he's going to kill Sue. Luckily Black Panther is there to help and he briefly tries to free Sue and Reed but they get captured again and Black Panther runs out. Doom orders Wyatt Wingfoot to catch him and Wyatt's like but I want to see the experiment and Doom's like nope and so Wyatt's like okay and then he messages on to his communicator to tell his friend Jafar to prepare and Jafar's like Understood, clert. <gasps> and I was like, clert. Super scroll. I know. Oh. I was just
1: doing a gasp for dramatic effect, Luke.
0: Oh, I thought you said who.
1: Oh, it was a gasp.
0: Meanwhile, Johnny Ben and Wyatt Land fight some Doombots and meet up with Black Panther, who verifies that this is the real Wyatt Wingfoot. Reed finishes his work on the machine and the heroes. Meet back up, and Doom accuses White of betraying him, which gives the other Wyatt the chance to gain control over the power transference device, which turns him into the Super Scroll because he's full up on that cosmic juice. With the cards laid out on the table, they realize they all have to work together and stop the Super Scroll. Who explains who Galactus is, how he, he destroyed the Scroll Homeworld, and they want to get revenge. And he needed the power cosmic to stand up against him. S.H.I.E.L.D approaches to help, and the Fantastic Four continue to try and work with Doom to solve the solution. Reed wants to revive the Silver Surfer, which will require Doom's help, and they are able to restore him to life. Silver Surfer and Super Skrull face off as the castle around them starts to collapse, and it is ripped apart in the explosion. And Surfer is the only one who remains as the Fantastic Four escape home. Meanwhile, Doctor Doom sees the destruction of the Hulk on Avengers Island. And he runs a test on the Hulk and somehow is able to use a computer to see what the Hulk would look like without gamma radiation and he's like oh it's Bruce Banner. I guess I'm going to see all my old friends fight and then I'll take over from the wreckage. And that starts off the industrial revolution. We then go to Avengers 6 which had Ian Churchill taking over for pencils. Bruce stuck into the Fantastic Four's base because he needed their help turning off the Avengers Island core. Meanwhile in S.H.I.E.L.D. They want to spend this and fury is like nope and they find the avengers in the wreckage hawkeye and swordsman are left in critical condition Loki, meanwhile is watching fury and i guess fury's able to see him somehow but nobody else that's can. that's because
1: fury's magic and can pretty much do whatever the hell he wants i'm assuming it's some spy thing it'll let you to see like ethereal forms
0: he's actually a life model decoy the entire time yeah no, like literally he is a life model decoy the entire time. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So the Fantastic Four show up with Bruce and they find that Thor was knocked out, and the thing is able to wake Thor up, but Thor is not happy. Iron Man shows up to talk to Fury and wants to stop the Gamma Reactor, and he threatens to take down Shield if he needs to, and then Iron Man finds the thing has been tossed into the air, catches him, and runs into Johnny, who tells him that Bruce is alive. The Avengers join in, and uh, Hellcat recognizes that Bruce is the Hulk, and Cap tells her to stand down. But as they run towards the core, the radiation that is ambiently around them turns Bruce back into the Hulk, which then leads into Iron Man number 6, where Hulk reminds us that he just wants to be left alone, and Loki is meanwhile messing with Fury, but no one else can see him and the torch is trying to prevent the disaster from getting worse by venting the heat from the reactor by absorbing it and then releasing it up in space. Sue, meanwhile, is able to get uh, the Hulk to stop for the time being, and Iron Man, with time running out, wants to direct the energy through the core of the Earth, which makes Reed suspicious. Uh, Suspicious because that's, like, a very advanced idea, Mm -hmm. and he's confused on why... Iron Man would know to do this. And with all the radiation they're having trouble uh, getting into the building and they need Hulk to help out. So Iron Man makes an impassioned speech and lets Iron Man save Thor and the thing who were briefly trying to open this giant geary door to get to the core. Hulk is able to open the door, briefly sees Onslaught, but he is able to get inside. Iron Man tells the other heroes to leave and Johnny uses the last of his strength, removing the heat as the core falls to the center of the earth and a heavy rain starts to fall and we don't see what happened to the Hulk here. Which leads us to the last issue we are covering today which was also Rob Liefeld's last issue which is Captain America number six. Uh, Captain America and Cable you know from X-Men you know who Rob Liefeld co-created are facing down MODOK, Baron Zemo, and AIM and Cable narrates about how he really doesn't want to have to tell Captain America where he came from but he's also not sure how Captain America alive. But this is sort of reminding him of the real Captain America. Cable takes down Modoc MODOK with a psychic attack. And the issue is pretty much Cable narrating Captain America fighting. It ends with Cap warning Zemo to tell Red Skull that he's coming for him. And everyone is rounded up. Cap tells Cable that he wants to introduce him to the Avengers. And Cable's like, wait, the Avengers are... And then he gets flipped through time again because that was apparently going on. Yep. And then we have like the three page wrap up of the crossover, which is pretty much Captain America, Iron Man and Thor being like, hey, Nick Fury, you know how Shield was paying for the Avengers. You don't have enough money for that. So now we're going to pay for it. And that's the end. So that was the first issue of all four of those series. And uh, yeah, we'll cover the second half, which is when new creative teams come on for almost all of them. But yeah, it's not as bad as I thought. Yeah, though I thought this Leeds is stayed on least, them. Uh, except for Fantastic Four oh, okay. and Iron Man. And yeah, I mean, it's not as bad as the reputation leads, and it definitely gets a lot better in the second half.
1: Yeah, no, like, I thought that was a fine start.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we won't be covering the thirteenth issues of all the series because those are not available online. Bastards. Yeah, well, that's a crossover with Wildcats, or Wildstorm, one of those two.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. That makes sense, then. Yep. Because I have one of them, too, but it's not even the one that we would need to be covering. Which one? I have a, I have a random issue of X-Men meets Wildcats.
0: Oh, yeah, no. That's it's... that's not what we would do. No, I know. Oh. Okay, so uh, we, we aren't going to do Trials of the Multiverse yet because we'll cover that next week. But for the meantime, we got questions in, so are you ready, Devin? Let's do it! So you asked if I was enjoying the art, and, I mean, some of the art's not bad, I was
1: tweeting but... that when I was reading Iron Man.
0: <laughs> With those weird-ass heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to say that Will's Portacio has gotten better since then, but... Yeah, that was maybe the lowest part that we can all sort of poke fun at the Rob. Yeah. Actually, I don't mind Rob felt art. No, I mean, it's clear, it's understandable, and it's action-packed. Yeah. It's not, like, super good, and I'd rather read, like, something with Chris Samney art. Oh, well, I mean, everyone oh. would.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, did you see that Sammy's getting a new book? The Wade-Samney mm-hmm. train is continuing? Yep. I'm curious about that. They've gone two for two, so let's hope they can continue. And yeah, Cap needs though, to be brought back into a better place again.
0: Though, like, a lot of people have been really critical of Wade's, uh... What's the Young Avengers book called? Champions. Champions. Yeah, because that's very much, uh, like, shitty old liberal trying to figure things out. That's fair. Uh, so, Xavier File sent in some questions. If you want to send in questions, send them into Multiversal Q on the Twitter. Uh, Xavier Files asks, "How would you care, uh, how would you categorize?" That's a poorly phrased question. Uh, how would you have categorized Marvel's decision to give some of the biggest properties to creators who just a few years earlier left the company? I think that it's a bad idea. In that, uh, like, you could have done it in-house for a lot less money and for presumably more profit because this is when like wade was taking over the avengers yeah but like you should have just found other people in-house instead of going with the people who openly left your company it's true at the same time it's that's a tough
1: call though because at the same time those people also brought in some of the biggest sales for marvel just because when you think of i mean i think it's still the number one selling issue of all time which is x-men number one the jim lee did
0: yeah but not like these books and i mean that was x-men these were like c-tier books no that's true well like b and c tier i mean there were a lot less books at the time yeah
1: oh yeah it's crazy i've been buying some like old back issues and it's interesting like reading the subscription pages and just how there's like maybe 20 books
0: Mm -hmm. it's like oh look at that super manageable Uh, he also wants to know, how much of Heroes Reborn was Team Tony's fault? Oh, all of it. Uh, JJJ Bugle News, uh, who is Jonah Jameson, wants to know, why can't that menace Spider-Man get sent into another dimension for a change? It did happen, Jonah. Our, like, second episode was on Identity Wars. Get good. Get bent, old man.
1: (laughs) And please, as we've talked about, too, for, like, trying to lead up for Secret Wars... There's Spider Verse. Do you know how many fucking like alternate universe Spider Men there are? Like borderline and infinite.
0: A, and there's also a reasonable number of stories with him getting sent into other universes oh, yeah. or other worlds. Uh, Michael B, who's at not really robot, wants to. Well, he sort of phrased the framework for a question. Franklin Richards annoys me. Now I need to work that into a question. Deus ex Franklin is bad drama. Um. Yes. I'd agree to the point there needs to be actual consequences if you are going to be doing something that simple to get out. Frank
1: Franklin just does so much.
0: Yeah. But we'll cover more of that next <laughs> like week. Like look probably. at Franklin
1: Richards and how he keeps pulling his crap with uh, Secret Wars. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: entire multiverse is gone. I hope Franklin will just put it back. And read Richards or just pitch him like softballs.
0: Yep. Uh, so Multiversal Q is a weekly podcast if you enjoy what we do please consider donating as little as a dollar a month via Patreon that helps us do things like pay for Zencaster and our other sponsors we just hit our $20 first goal thanks to supporters for our other podcast that we do Exile because you know it all goes into the same bundle but if we get enough money eventually I can also compensate the people who work on the show as well which would be good we all put in a lot of effort i just put in probably the most oh yeah i edit notes and everything uh as a bonus you get bonus episodes especially when i remember to upload them but uh everyone who backed got a bonus wrestling episode of exiled with the normal cast
1: yeah Mm mm-hmm
0: uh, you can find more about us and see the image gallery at multiversalq.com. Please like, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And if you do that, let us know. And if you ever just want to send me an email, feel free. I am at Coltrig on the Twitter. Devin, where can people find you You can
1: online? find me online at Freda That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T.
0: Luke, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter at, at Coltrig or at LukeHair.com. Or uh, you know other places. You can email me at my name at gmail dot com. No spaces or anything in there. And I'm usually pretty well, Of course, pretty Luke. Did you know that
1: that's questions. because there's no spaces in email
0: addresses? There could be underscores or dots.
1: Without spaces. And technically, if you use a dot, it will still email to your account.
0: Oh my God, I'm going to murder you, Dad. Yep. Ah, uh, yeah. So we'll see you next week for the rest of Heroes Reborn, or at least the second part of it. This one's for Hank, who's still trapped in Vision's body.